This is Ashton Marcus, and I'm at Alchemy Theatre Company's presentation of Sam Beckett's Waiting for Godot. I'm Ashton Marcus with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and you're... Jessica Rundy with Alchemy Theatre Company. I'm a founding ensemble member as well as the director of Waiting for Godot. All right. So did you choose this, or did the artistic director choose it? Well, we don't have a formal artistic director, so the company chose it together. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, why did you choose Waiting for Godot? Well, uh, I suppose this is a show that's on just about every director's bucket list, Uh something that I've wanted to do ever since I read it. So um, it's one of those things that you don't frequently have an opportunity to do, so when you get the chance, you jump at it. And we're lucky that we have the freedom to do that here. Uh Okay, so uh, what do you get out of Waiting for Godot? What What do you get out of it? Wow. Uh, Without explaining too much, I would just say that I think it's a lovely meditation on hope, on learning to be patient and what happens when you're patient too long, which is something I think everybody can identify with. Do you ever try to change Waiting for Godot or do you just do it the, the way you've seen it being done? Well, I try not to replicate how I've seen it done. Uh, My goal is simply to find the production that evolves organically out of the talent that comes to the table. So I selected actors who I knew were appropriate for the roles and then did my best to help them find an interpretation that worked together. I guess that kind of answers my next question about casting. What do you look for in casting? Do you have any more thoughts on that? I look for actors who make active choices. I would much rather have people who come in with ideas and allow them to be played with Mm -hmm. than people who come in looking for someone to tell them what to do. In a play like this, do you allow the actress to put something in the characters? Oh, absolutely. The characters as they're drawn by Beckett Although they are each unique, they're still quite broad, and there are a lot of gaps that need to be filled in. So it's important that you have an actor who has a personal understanding of the role, and they can bring something of themselves to it. Yeah. As I sometimes look at the play and think about it, sometimes I think because it's absurd that the player actually imitates the role of someone he sees it from, that person he's saw it imitated from the role they saw it from that person they saw it from so it goes all the way back to the beginning because no one really understands it so everyone's just doing imitation of someone who did it the first time (laughs) i suppose that's possible and it wouldn't necessarily give you a bad show Uh, but i think that everybody here really just went to the text and their personal interpretation and i would say that we each have a unique understanding of the show i wouldn't say there's any part of this that we were left saying, I I just don't understand what that's about. If it wasn't implicit in the text, we found an explanation, something that we could work with. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. My pleasure. Hi, my name is Ashton Marcus. I'm on KCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. You're? I'm Jonathan Pierderanti. Well, I hail from uh, originally New York, and I've been in L.A. for almost 15 years now um, with uh, my beautiful wife and my, uh, my 18-month-old son, Oliver. Um, I've been acting since, uh, since I was old enough to stand up, pretty much. Um, I have a BFA in theater from Hofstra University, and um, 
this is the first play I've done actually in a few years since I kind of took some time off when we had our son. I played uh, Estragon, affectionately referred to as Gogo, uh, by the other characters in the play. You know, Gogo, I, I like to think that Gogo is, uh, he refers to himself as a poet, and I think he is very poetic with his outlook. Um, he's, uh, he's got some deep thoughts when he has them, but um, uh, he, he likes to escape whatever reality you consider this is for them as often as he can, because I think he's come to terms with kind of the, uh, the repetitive, the repetitive uh, nothingness, as it were. Um, a little bit more so than Didi has. Didi's the hopeful one. Gogo seems to be a bit more of the realist, which makes him interesting because he's simultaneously a realist, but he also has that, that poet's heart. So, and, and he loves Didi desperately, um, as, as evidenced by a lot of kind of the business on stage. At some points, he literally you know, can't survive without him. Didi feeds him, Didi holds him up, Didi protects him. So um, he, he's really got a great deal of affection for him. So what is your take on Waiting for Godot? Me personally, um, you know, I subscribe to what I, what I think is a fairly uh, popular opinion is that um, even, though, even though Beckett was notoriously an agnostic and said there were no religious tones in this play, I think, uh, for lack of a better description, this is his version of what he thinks purgatory is. Um, you know, and these folks are here and they're either in the process of being judged or they'll never be judged. You know, I mean, there are so many allegories, but for them, this is their own kind of personal purgatory where, um, you know, it remains to be seen if they'll ever move forward. Or, or make their way out because they make no decisions. Um, and by making no decisions, they actually make the decision to wait. Um, and that's the only really decision that they make. So, uh, you know, hence their, hence their ongoing repetitiveness in this, in this one locale and the same things happening to them over and over again. And they don't, they don't really learn from it. They don't really grow. So that's, that's the penance, as it were. Again, you know, Beckett wouldn't agree with this um, personally, but I think it's his version of what he thinks purgatory is, which at the same time, if you listen to the things that Pazzo says, that's life. You know, life for us is, becomes meaningless and repetitive. If um, I think Didi puts it best when he says, habit is the great deadener. If you find yourself falling into the same habit again and again and again, life loses a lot of meaning. And that's very much illustrated by the non-action of Didi and Gogo. Do you prefer this type of roles, a very classical play, or do you prefer something avant-garde or maybe a, maybe Shakespearean? Uh, you know, I'm fortunate to have a background in all those. Um, you know, I did, I've done a lot of Shakespeare, uh, especially back in college and, and for some years after that. Um, I, you know, I've had access to some avant-garde, not as much as I'd like to, so that's why this is a very, a role like this is very attractive for me. I'm usually kind of accustomed to playing the comic foils and, you know, a lot of the, um, uh, you know, a lot of the, the, the funny guys and a lot of things, um, the comic relief, as it were. So, and not that there's not plenty of comedy in this, but, you know, something that's a bit more esoteric. Uh, it's always attracted to an actor, and this is, you know, kind of like uh, the Brass Ring, a show like Waiting for Gatto, because uh, it's a dream for a lot of actors to play it. I mean, and, and you look at, I, I had the good fortune of seeing the production with Ian McKellen and Patrick Stewart, so to do something similar to that is just, it's really, it's really a great opportunity, and especially with Alchemy, too. And Jeff's a very dear friend for many, many years now, so that's the reason why I'm here, is just to do another show with Jeff. Well, I think you guys did very well. Thank you so much, Marcus. We really appreciate you coming. Thanks. Thank you. Okay. Thank you very much for being on the show. My pleasure. Thank you, sir. This is Ashton Marcus with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and you're? 
My name is Jeff Lowe. I went to Cal State Fullerton for uh, theater and uh, I ended up do with a uh, directing there. So that that was a, a great opportunity and made me a much better actor. And then I've just been doing uh, Orange County Theater for the past five, six years or so. Did do a little LA County too, but mostly down here in Orange County. And I'm one of the uh, co-founding ensemble members of Alchemy Theater Company who put on uh, Waiting for Gatto. And uh, I direct and act all over the place. Anybody will take me. I play Vladimir, and he's uh, affectionately called Didi in the show. Didi is a hopeful individual. He's more of a philosopher. He likes to uh, distract himself with thought more often than anything. However, he uh, has a problem that he remembers just a little bit too much. So whereas some of the other characters forget instantly once they've remembered something, Didi holds on to just a little bit too much thought, and it sometimes upsets him because to forget completely isn't too bad. But to know that you've forgotten something. It's like having something on the tip of your tongue and it bothers you so much. That's how Didi is all the time, is that he's constantly, he wants to remember so badly where he is and what he's doing. Why did you want to do Waiting for Godot? It's such an amazing show, especially for an actor, because um, one of the great joys of acting is being on stage with somebody and connecting with them and being able to talk and create an arc of a character. And luckily, I get to do that on stage uh, with Jonathan, who plays Estragon, or Gogo, on stage every night. And he's a good friend of mine, and we've been friends for a long time. And it's an, such an amazing opportunity to work with him and to really stay with another individual the entire time and really work with them. And there's so much meat in the show, um, which... When you first you sit down and watch it the first time, you might not catch every single thing. You'll know that it's important. It'll move you somehow, and you'll laugh too. Which you know, remember, it's still there's a lot of funny bits in it. But the wonderful thing about the show is that it's moving, and that there are lots of little tidbits in there. Especially as you get to the end, you might realize that some of the puzzle pieces that you had no use for at the beginning of the show now all of a sudden have meaning, and that's kind of a neat trick too. And it really speaks of Beckett's work. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much. This is Ashton Marcus with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, and you're? My name is Paul Birch. I played the part of Pozzo. Uh, you actually just saw me recently in Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, I've been doing theater for over 20 years. I am an instructor at Irvine Valley College. I recently directed a couple of shows. I've been busy over the last year doing shows like uh, Christmas Carol, Twelfth uh, Night, Midsummer Night's Dream, and several other shows. And which character did you play? I played the role of Pozzo. Pozzo is a character that comes in about halfway through the first act uh, in kind of the unconglomerated sense of what's going on on stage. He represents the sense of order and he's the landowner uh, who has a slave known as Lucky. Uh, within the play uh, there are some times that he is compared to being like the devil uh, and counterposed to the metaphor of God as Godot, which Beckett will always deny, but uh, he's very forceful yet a bit uh, aloof at times about uh, his reactions. He's, he's interested in meeting these lost souls on the road and then moving on and, and going forward with where he wants to be. So this is a rather vague type of uh, arbitrary type of existential uh, play. What, what did you put into it? 
Well, I've actually been a big fan of the play for a long time. It's it's one of those interesting points that in all of its nothingness that seems to happen, there's so many things that go on metaphorically and what people can read into it. And part of the fun is the discussion about what this play means to you and what does it do to you. It is a lot of fun and funny, uh, but also has very strong, poignant moments. Uh, Pazzo covers a few of those at the end of the show with his lines about we were born, uh, we give birth astride at the grave, the light gleams an instant, and then it is night once more, kind of a sim- uh, metaphor of life of how we, we are born so close to dying, we have that moment to flicker, but in the end it's just dark, and he, as, during the second act he's blind, his, his light is gone. Some people actually interpret Pazzo as being God. Also, he's actually good at it. That could be a valid uh, choice. Again, Beckett always claimed that it was just a play and just words. And so there's lots of things that are written about it but from different perspectives. Uh, Pazzo as God as opposed to the devil. In a way, they're a flip of the same coin. So, so what do you think of the performance? Do you like this? I, I love the show. I think the guys do a great job. It's a great group of guys all around. Uh, I'm really pleased with, with where we're at and where we're going. Good. Thank you very much for being on the show. Thank you very much. Hi, my name is Ashton Marcus. I'm with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine. And you are? Richard Burns, playing Lucky. Uh, I was born and raised on the circus and have been in the entertainment business off and on in some form or another uh, for most of my life. Uh, I was an acting major for a while and I kind of dropped out of it. Um, But in the last four or five years now, I've gotten back into it and uh, been at quite a few local theaters around, uh, around Orange County. And which character did you play? Lucky. The Slave. Lucky has one line in this play, and uh, it is a little more than a page-long monologue. Uh, Some people see it as an incoherent rant, but if you listen closely enough, it almost gives you a synopsis of what the play is about, Um, starting with uh, the relevance of God and people uh, trying to live life to the fullest and exercise and take care of themselves, and yet it all crumbles away into nothing and dirt and skulls. And that's basically what his monologue is about. Um, By the end of it, everybody on stage has gone crazy listening to him and tries to shut him up. <laughs> and they do. <laughs> so what do you think of the, about the play Waiting for Godot? I think it's really interesting, actually. I never uh, knew anything about it until, uh, until I got in it, and then I did a lot of research about it. Um, it's very interesting. It's all uh, allegory and metaphor, and um, I think people take different things from it, whatever, whatever they want, really. Yeah. So you grew up in the circus. What's that like growing up being a performer? I mean, did you did you get to the point where you said, I never want to be around performers again in my entire life? <laughs> no, but I am a little sick of circuses. <laughs> but no, performing's great. I mean, you know, in, in any sense. So Yeah, I hear a lot of actors I interview, they actually say they were just born actors. They they were never taught. They were just always like this. Is that true? Yeah. I could see that, yeah. I mean, like I said, entertainment's always been in my blood. My dad was a clown. Um, my mom uh, was an aerialist. She hung by her teeth. Um, dad was really the theater person, though. He worked in some midnight horror shows and uh, vaudeville theaters way back in the day, and so that's always been kind of pushed upon us, yeah. Yeah, but that's kind of a little little sad because, like, that means you really can't teach acting. If you go to college to teach acting, all they're going to say is just be yourself or just do what you've always been able to do. Uh, yes and no. I don't think so. I, anybody can be taught to act. Anybody can be taught to sing. Um, maybe not well, <laughs> but they can be taught. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you very much for being on the show. You're welcome. Nice meeting you. Thank you for coming. Sure.
My name is Ashton Marcus. I'm with KUCI 88.9 FM in Irvine, in New York. I am London Walsh. Do you take any acting classes? Yes, I do at South Coast Repertory. Um, so how did you get into acting at such a young age? Um, I'm thinking, oh yeah, okay, so it's a long story, I'll just cut to the point. Um, technically my neighbor owns like this, um, little theater, so, yeah. So you actually got into that and he actually, uh, recognized your talent? Yes, sir. Okay. Uh, so which, what part did you play in this piece? I played a boy. He was a messenger boy. So did you put any emotion in there? I mean, what kind of expression do you were trying to communicate to the audience? Um, I was pretty much being my own personality, kind of being scared. Like, like when I was scared, I was just, like, waiting for what's going to happen next and, like, yeah, it, it was weird because I knew I was, like, being shaked. So, um, yeah, that gave me my, um, and I was nervous. So, yeah, I just went as myself and I did awesome. Okay. So, do you like this? Do you think you'll do this uh, in the more in the future? Maybe become an actor? Yes. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much and good luck in the future. Thank you. All right. Thanks for being on the show. Thank you again. Sam Beckett's Waiting for Godot will be playing at Theater Out from March 20th to the 28th. For more information, go to www.alchemytheater.com or search for AMB Theater on Facebook.